Hello, my magical friends. My name's Ayumi. My pronouns are she, her, hers, and you're listening to Sparkle Side Chats with Magical Girl Ayu. Whether it's your first or 84th time listening, we welcome you to our space to celebrate magical girls from every corner of the world. It's Creator Week, so let's move right into today's topic. Sometimes I really wish that a lot of these websites like Webtoon and Tapas actually had a magical girl section, if you will. (laughs) They don't yet, so sometimes it's hard to find series because they are put into fantasy, and so they're put in with a lot of fantasy stories that are not magical girls. Sometimes they're put in uh, history when, you know, it is a history story, but there's other elements as well. Anyway... Today we are looking at a semi-historical Magical Girl series, Nekowal, and uh, you'll understand in a minute what I mean by semi-historical because it's not quite so, but it is definitely a very unique setting and one that's really fun and interesting. So we talked to Sergio and Crystal, who are the creators behind Nekowal, and they go by the handle Two Heroes on social media. Links are in the show notes, of course. They're both really, really lovely to talk to. And it's always very fun to talk to teams of creators because uh, we get to really learn more about, you know, everyone's different perspectives as they go into a story. <laughs> and I mean, this story in particular, it's super fun. It's super interesting. The art is gorgeous and it's uh, very easy to catch up on. So you can probably go ahead and pause this and go read everything now and then come back. But, you know, of course, if you don't want to, you can just keep listening. It's up to you. But yeah, I think that it is just a very, very delightful story, uh, very exciting, intriguing characters in a world that for me was deeply unfamiliar, but we do talk about that. And I really hope that you all enjoy it as well. So let's go on into today's discussion with Crystal and Sergio, a.k.a. Two Heroes, about Nekowal. We are here to talk about the webtoon Nekowal, so I'm very excited to talk to the creators today. Can you please introduce yourselves? Hello, my name is Crystal. I'm known as Candy Fluffs Online. My pronouns are she, her, and I am the illustrator for Nekowal. My name is Sergio. I am the writer for Nekowal, and I have no Twitter account. My pronouns are he, him. Great. (laughs) Yes, I am very excited for this comic. As soon as I first saw it, I was like, oh my god, it's... I mean, the writing is fantastic and the art is beautiful. So I definitely am really excited to get to know more behind the scenes about it. So first, for both of you, what is your history with the magical girl genre? Oh, God. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I love magical girls. Sailor Moon is pretty much my obsession. Mm -hmm. Love the show. I've collected the manga three times so far. (laughs) Because every time it has a reprint, I buy it. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been um, watching Magical Girl shows my whole life, all kinds. Winx Club, 
Madoka Magica, Car Captor Sakura, although I watch Car Captors more because I'm American. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, all of them. Hmm. And my history with Magical Girls is less extensive than that. Uh, I think my first Magical Girls series was Card Captors, the American one. Hmm. And ever since then, that and alongside with watching more anime, I've been kind of running into Magical Girls consistently. Like Madoka Magica, obviously. Magical Dory Me randomly at some point oh, in time. Oh, that one's so cute. Yeah. And obviously Sailor Moon, because, you know, Toonami was in almost every kid's childhood at some point. It was just like, ah, <laughs> Dragon Ball Z and Sailor Moon? Mm-hmm, I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And just for the listeners, did you both grow up in the same part of the U.S.? I grew up in uh, Illinois pretty much the, the entirety of my life. Hmm. Yeah, same here. I went to California for college, but that was about it. Okay, I see, I see. Yeah, and um, I can see you're both uh, friends in real life, you know? <laughs> so that's really great. I'm sure that's great for the teamwork of making this webtoon. But for anyone who has not read Nickelwall yet, what is this story about? So Nickelwall is pretty much, I guess the short version of it is Mesoamerican-inspired ancient magical girl series. Mm-hmm. We kind of leave our summaries really vague because we're just like, we could add more, but we'd rather you just read and find out. Because hopefully saying ancient Mesoamerican magical girls is enough to draw most people in. Yeah, and I'm definitely really curious about that, like how you came to choose Mesoamerica as their setting for magical girls. I think it's really great. I mean, one thing I've noticed a lot talking to people on the podcast is there is a desire for looking at taking the magical girl formula and then putting it in the past. So whenever we get a series like this, it's always very exciting. <laughs> yeah. Um, the way we kind of chose was, honestly, it was kind of originally um, Crystal's idea because I originally I was like, ah, yes, we should do a magical girl series. And Crystal was like, Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> and originally I just said something set in the past, because a lot of Magical Girl stuff is more modern day based. Mm-hmm. And Crystal was the one who suggested we do more, like, we say Mesoamerican themed since the location. It's one of those, it looks like Earth, but not really, because we want to keep it loose enough so we can add our own things in there. Mm, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, we didn't want to really be confined by actual history. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm, great. Yeah, so why Mesoamerica in particular, as opposed to like any other part of ancient history? Well, we didn't want to do Europe because there's so many shows and comics and things based in ancient European civilizations. Sure. And Sergio's Mexican, <laughs> so we were like, let's do that. Perfect. Yeah, that works. <laughs> yeah, okay. Very cool. Very cool. Was there a lot of research involved in choosing this setting? Yeah, because researching it originally it started off with the designs and then we just kind of went deeper and deeper into it because everything in mesoamerica is so pretty i guess is the best <laughs> way to explain it mm-hmm. everything's a lot more colorful than what certain like history books lead you to believe hmm. there's like bright reds everywhere and stuff like that and then after that we just got deeper into the culture the gods everything else like that and we're like this needs to show up in more shows and stuff <laughs> We could be that beginning. Yeah, definitely. The way that it looks so far, I mean, again, the art is fantastic. And I love the way that, you know, it is a black and white style story, but you use color in this really fantastic way 
to kind of uh, signal a lot of the magical elements of the series. So it, it's really fun to to read and to just look at, honestly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, um, we start off, you know, you mentioned the gods, and I guess it's kind of unclear at the beginning, but we do know that the gods have gifted three girls with this power to help defend their, I guess it's their city, if I'm not mistaken. It looks city-sized, anyway. Yep, very much their city. Yes, yes. <laughs> and they are right away thrown into the heat of the battle. But it's like really, really fun to see how they have no idea what they're doing. But it is definitely, yeah, it's really fun to like, to see, again, like the action and everything is really, really cool. The The monsters are really interesting. There's a lot of mystery involved. So I think everyone should be reading this story for sure, if they aren't already <laughs> for that reason. But yeah, it's uh, so far very exciting very mysterious yeah thank you very much yeah <laughs> we're trying our best to make it as mysterious as possible it is working yeah <laughs> mm -hmm. so what is the process behind starting the story like how did you get started when did you get started and like, how is it going now especially since you're a team of like a writer and and illustrator so we kind of rushed into it because webtoons was having a contest so we threw it all together in like three months, mm. which was not smart, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it happened. <laughs> it was kind of funny because, so Webster had the contest and we're like, oh, we have to get this certain amount of episodes in before the, the set date. How much time do we got? Not much. Mm. So we definitely rushed it. And I mean, we got something great out of it, but... Would have been better with more time, but that's okay. <laughs> we can, we'll fix it later. Yeah, I think yeah. it looks pretty great considering that limitation. I, I didn't notice anything feeling rushed at all from the first few episodes. So that, that definitely worked really well. <laughs> yeah. It feels nice hearing that from somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I guess how is it nowadays? Because I know sometimes you have breaks, but now you have like pretty regular updates and stuff. So Well, uh, currently we're in a little bit of a hiatus. Mostly because, you know, we were feeling a little bit burnt out hmm. and we'd rather not work on something when we're not feeling our best, sure. you know. But currently it's our basic process when we were having more regular updates was pretty much I would write the script and then Crystal would look at me and be like, how dare you? What? No. <laughs> what? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Like, That's not how it goes. <laughs> so he writes the script. Okay. He's a little bit right. I, and then I read it. And then I like to say it as I tell them everything wrong with it. And then I change it. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I usually just like find plot holes while I'm doing the storyboards. And then I tell him the changes and then I draw it. <laughs> that's, that's a bit. It. That's pretty much how it goes. Hmm, I see. It makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I'm, I really love the three characters that you have, your three magical girls, because they all have quite different personalities so Nekowal is the title character she's our blue magical girl and she kind of transforms at the same time as Kitsali and are they sisters or are they just friends because I was not really quite clear on that from the beginning of the story okay so you see we also on our Patreon we have like these mini comics oh, that mm -hmm. explained more of that so they're just friends because Kitsali doesn't actually have parents She's described as a daughter of the village. Mm. So she's just raised by kind of everyone. She's the daughter of the village. And she and Neko Hall are really close. So she stays with her a lot. Mm. Okay. That was kind of what I got, but I wasn't sure. 
<laughs> yeah, and then Anaquana is really cool, the yellow magical girl. She is like so immediately chill with everything and like it's really fun to see like these different personalities play out because they they kind of do fit certain archetypes in a way but like not exactly like again because everything is so different it still feels like it's not anything we've really seen before but it's really interesting to see the the magical girl framework in this um setting yeah (laughs) so who would you say is the target audience for Nicowal? Well, kind of anybody who's interested in magical girls and inspiration from ancient cultures. We didn't have an age group really targeting it. We were just kind of like... We honestly didn't think any of it through when we started. (laughs) (laughs) We were kind of like, this is really cool. Other people that like cool stuff will also enjoy this. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it has been a little on the violent side for sure, but it doesn't feel grotesque yet. So I'm wondering if it's going to get more grotesque. There is a little bit of like a body horror element to some of the, the monsters, but... It doesn't feel like very big. It's not exactly Magical Girl Apocalypse or anything like that. Um. Oh God, Magical Girl Apocalypse. <laughs> forgot about that. It will eventually get darker. So I'd say the age range, probably whatever the age range for Madoka is. Okay, <laughs> sure. It's fair. Yeah. We've been trying our best to walk the fine line of like, what would be too much and what would be too little? Hmm. Like, we want people to be scared, but we don't want them to be like, oh, this is too much for me. I'm leaving. Right, right. That makes sense. It's interesting because, like, I'm not sure what it is about it exactly, like, thematically, but I think the series that this has reminded me the most of in terms of, like, that kind of energy or, like, the levels of, of like, violence and so on is Magic Knight Rayers. <laughs> I hate that show. That's like the one magical girl thing that I just can't stand. Oh, (laughs) interesting. Uh, May I ask why? (laughs) I don't mean to offend you. uh, The main character, man. She was just... She got such quick emotional attachments. Like, she found that little creature, and then she was like, it's my best friend. And I was like, you've known it for three minutes. Get over yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Interesting. I don't have too much trouble with Ray Earth. It definitely gives me some nostalgic vibes from back in the day because I used to find the really old, slightly tattered manga volumes in my old library mm-hmm. when I was in like high school. Sure. <laughs> hmm. So I I can totally see that though. It do, it does walk the same like line and vibes. Hmm. Yeah, definitely don't mean to insult you, sorry, Crystal. I don't want to say that, like... Oh, no insulting. (laughs) You know, Mm. sometimes we just don't like a show. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. And I don't mind if other... I mean, I don't expect people to have my taste. That's weird. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just, like, the vibes, like, the the way the characters are, and it's, like, an adventure, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. I feel like there is definitely an adventure coming. I mean, two of the girls have already gone on a quest with some other warriors. And I also love that, like, they're training, you know, immediately, like, not in their magical forms to try to get stronger just in case. And, you know, they're like, one thing I really liked a lot is, like, it's clear a lot of the warriors are are men, but they don't question at all that they can do the same things as them. Thanks. We kind of thought that it would have been weird if they would have been like, oh no, girls, even though they were blessed by the gods. <laughs> so I feel like 
the difference in culture would be like, ah, yes, the ones who have magical abilities are training with us. This makes sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> hmm. I love all the the different side characters so far. I feel like we're going to get like a lot of fun shenanigans and stuff also. Because there's definitely also like a, a really great comedic element to everything, both in like the writing and also in some of the art choices. <laughs> hmm. So what would you say are the, the influences in particular for Nicowal? Do you mean like what series or just influences in general? Oh, in general. Yeah. Like in terms of, you know, either the story or the style or, you know, even like the, the choices of the use of mostly black and white with a splash of color, you know, stuff like that. Well, I draw everything in black and white. I don't like doing comics in color. I also prefer reading comics in black and white. So, hmm. but Sergio wanted color. So we made a compromise with the tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> I think it works really well. Like, it's very effective. Yeah. Um, originally, Crystal just, you know, she didn't like doing it in color. And it makes sense because it's a lot of work to do an entire thing in color. And it would have taken way more time to bring out chapters and just a lot of effort in general. So when we started doing the just, we'll just show some of the magical aspects in color. It turned into this really neat style that just works. Yeah, I agree. It works really well. It's kind of great that it turned out that way, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. So then in that case, Crystal, do you have any particular comics that you would say are your influences for your style or how how you render it? Because there's, I mean, there's a strong Japanese influence, I would say, in the comic from what I can see, but everything flows so naturally. I don't know. I really like your style. (laughs) Well, thank you. (laughs) Biggest influence is Sailor Moon, obviously, since I have it three times over. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Skip Beat is another of my huge influences mm. for manga. Now Tsukiji, she has like Arikan and she has a lot of one shots. I started reading a lot of JoJo when we were starting to do this too. Oh, interesting. Oh, and the manga for Vampire Hunter D. Hmm. Those are probably the biggest drawing influences. Hmm. That makes sense. Writing wise, I want to say. I guess I kind of was big into, like, mysterious, slightly spooky-esque stories while we were working on this. Hmm. So I was like, oh, we can do mysterious magical girl stuff. We won't reveal everything all straight off the bat. We're going to just keep people guessing for a while. This works. (laughs) Which is kind of why a lot of the uh, chapters later on have, like, a sort of spookier aspect. Like, the girl's currently going to that one city... Uh, filled with the more or less possessed-ish people. Hmm. Like, trying to create that spooky tension that not many Magical Girl series have. Yeah, I think it it definitely depends. I think that's, like, a kind of more of a target audience-based thing where, like, there are a lot of uh, series with that kind of mystery and stuff, but it's usually going to be a lot more like heavy also. I don't know. And it, this doesn't really feel quite heavy yet. It's still quite playful, even with like the kind of scary aspects and stuff like that. It kind of feels like we're juggling the two things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, like when you have influences that are both like the shows for kids and like Sailor Moon, and then also, what was it? Adult, but like, yeah, this like more grown up elements and stuff. Like it's, it's going to always kind of show either way but I think I think it really it works a lot (laughs) yeah it definitely is scary and you know 
I, I don't know what's going on with the monsters. So it's like, oh no, what are they going to do? Will they be able to help everyone? Yeah. So it's working. The mystery is definitely there. <laughs> yeah. So have either of you worked worked in either Webtoon or just with comics in general before? Um, I kind of just make a bunch of fan comics. So I didn't actually start drawing comics until, what year is it? It's 22. <laughs> Five years ago, I think. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So I just do it for fun. Hmm. And I make a bunch of fan comics. And then apparently people liked my fan comics. So now I um, make my own comics and I like print and bind them all myself. And I sell them at conventions and I have a little shop where you can buy my little fan books. Hmm. So when you say fan comics, like what particular fandoms are we talking about? Um, I hear Academia. Hmm. I did a Skippy comic. I have... I don't have any books, but I do some little Sailor Moon comics. I have some JoJo, hmm. some Haikyuu. Ladybug. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, so much Miraculous Ladybug. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> I have yet to watch Ladybug, but I'm very curious to see how that looks in your art style. As a fan of the Magical Girls, I recommend, although it do be trifling, <laughs> this, this romance is getting a little trifling, but I'm still here for it. <laughs> yes, yes. I've heard I've heard quite a few of the, the complaints of the series, but yeah, I, I, of course, for the podcast, we'll be getting into it eventually. <laughs> yeah. So that, that means that the Nekawal is your first original story that you've worked on. Okay, I guess technically not. Okay. Because before, you see, my sister is an animator. Oh, great. So we did a little web animation series. I worked on most of the story. I did all the character designs. I was the tie-down artist. So we have, like, a few episodes of that on YouTube, too. Mm-hmm. But other than that, yes, Neko Hall is my first. Mm. So it's my first comic thing, mm. original comic thing. But that, I guess, is my first series. Can you tell us the name of this animation for anyone who wants to check it out? Yes, it's called For Peace, Love, and Harmony. It's on YouTube, Mm. on the Sleepy Gallows YouTube. That's like our combined studio name, even though it's just two people. We're a studio. (laughs) Oh, okay. Interesting. (laughs) Because our last name is Galloway, so we're like Sleepy Gallows. That works. Very cute. Yes, I will make sure to link that in the show notes for anyone who wants to check it out. <laughs> and Sergio, how about you? Is this your first original story or have you been writing others? I guess I would say this is my first published original story on Webtoons. Mm-hmm. I've written other stuff before and did a little bit of ghostwriting back in the day to try and make some money. By the way, ghostwriting does not make you money. <laughs> any other, Any fellow writers out there? Ghostwriting is good for practice. Don't depend on it for money. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So what other kinds of original work were you writing before this? Most of the stuff I want to say was <laughs> was unpublished fanfics. Ooh, okay. <laughs> as most of us often do. I think I did a, a few Digimon ones. Oh, interesting. As the nerd that I am, and um, I think I did one card captors one, and then in my much younger years, I had a really big fan comic back in the fanfiction.net days. Mm. Oh boy, that's old. <laughs> but I think it's been taken down since then, and I can't recover at all. It was just I was being a kid, and I was like, I will cross over every series I've ever liked. Oh, fun! <laughs> into one series. 
and I uploaded it to fan fiction. And the first and only review to my mind that I ever got was, you need to learn how to space, kid. Oh, no. <laughs> had to know. I've taken that advice to heart since then. Great. <laughs> yeah, but that's really interesting that you both have been like working on other, other stuff and now finally come together. How did you both decide to actually work on a story together? You see, we met at C2E2? C2E2. Yeah, we met at C2E2. They had a panel specifically for artists and writers to meet each other. Mm. And then we got there. We started being nerds about My Hero Academia. And we were just like, yeah, let's uh, talk more later and work on stuff. And then we did somehow. Perfect, perfect. That's pretty much how it happens. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, like networking and all of that makes perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. It was pretty interesting because I think both of us had been going to those for a while. Hmm. No, that was my first one. Oh, that was your first one? It wasn't okay. my second. One of those. I've only been to two. But I had gone to those a few times before. And then when I met Crystal the first time there, we just kind of really hit it off. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of on the same wavelength creative-wise. Hmm. So we were just like, ah, yes, this will work. We shall create a series together. <laughs> but, you know, I don't like commitments. So before we did, I was like, how about we do a test one shot? So he gave me like a short script, which was also a My Hero Academia fan. <laughs> <laughs> so that one was only like, what was it, like seven pages? Yes. It was really short. So we did that as a test just to see if we were actually compatible. And it worked great. So we were like, cool, let's make a thing that's like an actual length. Hmm, perfect. Yeah. And speaking of length, how long would you say this is probably going to go? Like, where do you see this story going? God, I have no idea. (laughs) We technically have it planned out beginning to end, more or less. Like, we know what the ending's going to be. We know the major points. Getting there, story arc-wise... I can't really put a time frame because it depends on like our hiatuses and how many chapters we're bringing out. It's hard to figure out what the spacing is actually going to look like in terms of drawing. Hmm. Like, I don't know how long things are going to be until I draw it. So that makes sense. Yeah. We're just as confused as you are. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. We're trying our best to make sure it's not something ridiculously long. So Hmm. uh, if I had to estimate, it's going to be, less than 200 chapters at least okay Hmm. probably more than 100 though i see i see yeah it does feel like we're just getting started like you know obviously the characters have been pretty established and we're in the middle of like kind of the first the first quest if you will (laughs) so Mm -hmm. yeah it definitely feels like there's gonna be a lot more mystery and intrigue and action to come yeah (laughs) hmm So I don't have any other particular questions for you both, but is there anything else you wanted to share for listeners and uh, either other people who have not read the story yet, or maybe even people who have already read the story and are listening after the fact? (laughs) So when we describe our story, we usually say uh, Mesoamerican based or inspired, because since technically this isn't taking place in the real world, we don't want to explicitly say that, oh, yes, this is all Aztec-inspired, or this is all Mayan-inspired, or this is all Incan-inspired. Hmm. Because that would also kind of limit us to what we can pick and choose to do. Mm-hmm. So 
we try our best to be somewhat like taking some accurate portrayals from history books and stuff, but for the most part, we are not very historically accurate. Yeah, sometimes I see a lot of comments talking about how accurate it is, and I'm like, oh God, please don't take this as a history lesson. You'll <laughs> learn nothing from this. Mm-hmm. We do take a lot of inspiration from like the Mesoamerican cultures and stuff. Mm-hmm. And we do take some of the cultural aspects and specifically architecture and how certain things in the culture was ran, but just loosely, I guess I want to say. That makes sense. Yeah. So I still think that despite that, that there is a lot to be learned. I certainly feel like I have been learning stuff, even if it's not exactly, I mean, I'm not at all familiar with like Mesoamerica really because it's U.S. education system. We don't really go that deep into it. So it's true. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do feel like I've already learned quite a bit. And it's like enough that, you know, if people are more interested, then they can go and do their own research and stuff. But yeah, I still think it's very, it's very exciting to see. It's a different take on things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, the best thing that I can ask is somebody look into our comic and get interested in the cultures and in pretty much everything that we're basing stuff on and then learn the real things later on and possibly lead them to there are a bunch of other comics who have been actually very supportive of us and we've met a lot of other uh, comic book creators and stuff whose series are also fantasy adventurous or more historically accurate Hmm. and so usually when people are like yours is so historically accurate we're like we're really not look here are some other series that are much more historically accurate if you're looking for accuracy (laughs) can you share those series with us uh yeah another series that's a very I guess I want to say uh, Magical Adventure, mm-hmm. Codex Black, is one of the ones that's been very supportive. They're really great artists. Mm. It's very, very, very accurate. Like, he takes the Mesoamerican culture very seriously. He pretty much knows what he's doing mm. when it comes to accuracy and keeping the mystical nature intact. It's really great. Mm. Very interesting. Okay. And... um one of the other ones that's been very supportive and is actually that kind of recreates the history of Mesoamerica, like up to the part where they meet the Spaniards and how they interacted from more or less the Mesoamerican point of view is, hold on a second, let me just bring it up so I don't say the wrong name. The Aztec Empire, right? Yeah, Aztec Empire. There we go. Hmm. So definitely we'll also link to that as well, because I do think it's really great, again, to make sure that we are supporting all kinds of stories like this, because I think um, that is one of the the fun things as well about getting these other other takes on magical girls. <laughs> and I think right. I don't know anyone who doesn't want other perspectives on magical girls and looking at magical girls through other cultures and stuff. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> these two series, I don't, I wouldn't say they're magical. Well, the Aztec Empire isn't really magical girl series. Mm-hmm. It's more, it's actually a historically accurate retelling of what happened back in the day. Mm-hmm. Okay. And while there is magic and a girl in a <laughs> Codex Black, I, I, I don't know if I would still count it as a magical girl series. Okay. More of a, it's like a magic- magical phantom action adventure, but okay. not really magical girl. You gotcha, know? gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Still, still good ones to read. Uh, there is a series. That is a magical girl series, and that is Latin American based. That's also on well, it's on Latin American webtoons. <laughs> okay. And it's called 
Lupe Magica or oh, Lupe yes. Magica? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I know of this series. I have not read it because I don't speak Spanish, but I am aware of this one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, I do believe the author also speaks English, so Ooh. they're really cool people. I don't know if they're planning to bring the series to English webtoons mm-hmm. at all, but if you can speak Spanish and you're looking for more Latin based magical girls type of stuff mm. definitely check it out it's great great thank you uh it's great to know because we had uh, carmelina on last month who is the creator of luminous and um she's a mexican artist and her story started in english but she moved over to the latin american webtoon platform after it got created and has found more success in spanish so she's stuck with spanish but like <laughs> yeah we talked about that a bit about how like there's just this whole world of especially like spanish language but you know in particular latin american magical girl stories that i still can't access because i need to study spanish first (laughs) (laughs) i I will get to it i promise but (laughs) yeah we've been trying to get our series translated into spanish as well Hmm. it's been a little bit of an effort but we're slowly getting there and i don't think we're gonna move anything to the latin webtoons anytime soon until we're comfortable with the way the translations are looking hmm that makes sense but it'll happen one day awesome (laughs) one day (laughs) yeah that makes sense i think that would be really great yeah for for any of those readers who want to check it out in spanish yeah yeah and uh, crystal was there anything else that you wanted to tell the listeners or readers (laughs) i think he said it all (laughs) okay (laughs) Great, great. So in that case, that means we can get to our final question, my favorite question, which is, uh, do you either of you have a magical persona of your own? Okay, technically, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I made her in college. I took a comic class. And one of the assignments was to make a superhero version of herself. So I made Ooh. a magical girl called Mio Magica. Nice. <laughs> I didn't really flesh her out that much because we didn't need to make a story with it. She's just, uh, I don't really know that much about her. I just know that she's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah. Did you like choose any particular powers for her or anything like that? I think she has like, you know, like how Sailor Moon doesn't exactly have a, like an elemental power or anything. It's kind of just like a empathetic power. And (laughs) she's kind of more like that, you know? It's like uh, in Captain Planet, it's hearts, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like that. <laughs> I see, I see. And how about you, Sergio? Do you have a magical persona? <laughs> I don't think I've ever really had a magical persona. But like back in the day when I was first getting into animes and stuff like that, and I was watching Cardcaptor Sakura, I used to think, that Lee kid, he's really cool. I wish I had an outfit and a sword like that. <laughs> I want to go sneak out and beat up magical cards (laughs) so if i had to have a magical persona it'd be very similar to lee man i wanted to be mei ling when i was little she was so cool to me (laughs) i was like i wish i knew kung fu yeah yeah those are both very strong characters and that makes sense (laughs) yeah yeah it's interesting to especially talk about you know these things with guys because like there aren't a lot of magical boys especially not in kids shows but like card captors one of the few 
examples where we did have that. So that makes sense. <laughs> the magical boy genre is slowly growing. Yes, we have yes. been on Coco Tikio Boy Bulav. That's true. That's true. We have <laughs> like right now, I want to say there are like four or five comics uh, in Japan that are going that haven't been translated yet that are uh, of the magical boy variety. Some are parodies, but the Tokyo Mimi one is definitely completely serious. Yes. Mm. Yeah, so it's it's exciting to see. <laughs> yeah, we're getting there. It's always been kind of surprising that there aren't that many uh, magical boys, mm-hmm. I guess. That's because superpower boys are just superheroes. They don't, like, make them a magical genre. <laughs> it's kind of true sometimes. Mm. It's a complicated topic, I think, but... <laughs> Because if you ask me, Power Rangers are magical boys. Oh, sure. I don't care what nobody says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they're a direct influence of Sailor Moon, so it makes perfect sense. Yeah, yep. you see? Magical boys right there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Great. So, yes, uh, Sergio and Crystal, thank you so much for coming on Sparkle Side Chats. Where can people find you and follow you online? And how can they support you and your work? Well, uh, you can find our webcomic on Webtoons. And just drop a like on there, read all our chapters, leave comments. Any comments are good comments for us, honestly, because we try our best to literally read all of them. <laughs> Even during our hiatus, we check to see, like, anybody leave any new comments yet? <laughs> all of our social media for Hall were known as Two Heroes. So you can find us on Twitter and Instagram with that. My stuff, apart from Hall, I'm known as Candy Fluffs. Fluff with an S on the end. If you you got to put the S on there, you won't find me. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, me on everything. Instagram, Twitter. Uh, that's that's pretty much all I use. Yeah. <laughs> we also have the official store for Crystal's artwork and stuff. Oh, yeah. Candyfluffs.com. We have some Nekohal merch on there. Yes. Got some keychains, a bunch of prints. So, yeah. And a little book that includes the mini comics from the patron. Oh, great. Yeah, definitely people should check that out. The charms are so cute. I would love to buy them, but I'm like all the way in Japan. So it's kind of like male stuff is a little bit messy right now. But Oh, yeah, yeah. that coronavirus really uh, <laughs> took us out with the international mailing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But definitely uh, if people are based in the U.S., they should check it out because the charms are really great. You know, it's like very classic magical girl merch and the posters are also really beautiful so yeah <laughs> thank you great we'll also be at a convention yeah we'll be at anime magic and the beginning of august i believe it's august 5th through the 8th hmm. great we'll be all dressed up and we'll have a lot of nekawal nekawal <laughs> merch is second language. yeah english is my second language excuse me <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we'll have a lot of merch, and we're always happy to talk to people about anime in general, our series, because cons are a lot of fun, especially when people are enjoying your work. You're just like, people actually like what we do. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Great. So thank you both again for coming on, and I hope you have a good rest of your day. Yes, thank you for having us. Thank you very much. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. (laughs) Great.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sparkle Side Chats with Magical Girl Ayu. Please subscribe, rate, and review if you like it. And don't forget to tell your friends about the show if you think they'd be interested. If you use social media, don't forget to use the hashtag SparkleSideChats when talking about and sharing the podcast. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at MagicalGirlAyu, spelled A-Y-U, and you can find me at AyuSheKnows, A-Y-U-S-H-E-K-N-O-W-S. You can also email us at SparkleSideChats at gmail.com. Let us know if there's a topic you want covered or a fan or creator you want to hear from by filling out the form in the show notes. You can also join the Discord for this podcast to talk about magical girls 24-7, often chatting directly with me and both previous and upcoming guests of the podcast. Look for the link in the show notes or check out the Twitter for a permanent invite. Show notes can be found on your platform of choice or at anchor.fm slash sparkleside. If you can support the podcast financially, you can buy me a coffee at co-fee.com slash ayushinos. You can also commission me for art there or buy a print on my imprint page. With a Kofi monthly membership, you can get bonus content, announcements about episode topics, a Discord role, and your name read aloud on the podcast monthly. Another way to support us one time is by buying something off the Amazon Japan wishlist. This helps us with getting more access to Magical Girl content that we can discuss in future episodes. Feel free to purchase from the used section as we are not picky here. You can find the link to the list in the show notes. Original podcast music is by Hazel. You can find her on Twitter at A Few Bruises. Thanks again for listening. And remember, you are magical. Magical.